Unhinged No Hope, the podcast. Suzanne Summers had camel toe. Hello! Hello! No Hope fanatics. That's what you are. If you're still listening to this, you must just love... Then you are a glutton uh, for punishment. It, you must love some sort of self-inflicted flagellation. Or you're on like a cross-country road trip from New York to L.A. Because you have some sort of familial obligation and you have just exhausted every other possible entertainment option. Or that could be our are, that could be our market. Uh, that could be our market. That that's <laughs> that's true. Or you're trying to escape America uh, along the Canadian border, and then just you need something <laughs> need something to keep your heart rate but down. Then you realize you know? that I'm. <laughs> <laughs> then you realize. <laughs> then you realize uh, Americans are not allowed in any country. They're not allowed. <laughs> oh. That's oh my so god. Funny. Oh god. All right. Uh laughter through tears. Okay. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We are back with another rousing episode of Arousing. Musicals We Love. It's going to be our Arousing. Arousing. Musicals We Love, Musicals We Hate. We are No Hope the podcast. I'm Tim Omiller and I'm Scott Schneider. Um hopefully you know us intimately. If you don't, um, God, there's, there's, I'm sure there are just pages written about us. Yeah. Um, nowhere, but you can go, by the way, you can go to, to nohopeproductions.com, uh, and read more about what we have done, what we do, more about the podcast. There's a bunch of links on there to some of our guests, um, uh, work and and uh, some of their you know to listen to some of their, their stuff, um, and there's a lot of fun pictures. There's a lot of fun pictures of us. We need we have to take some pictures again sometime. I realize like yeah, when, when we're, we're trying to like send out these little marketing yeah. things. Like we I'm just using all these old pictures because we haven't taken pictures in a really 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 long time. But but there's some good ones. You have to admit yeah. there are some good ones. Perhaps when uh, um, perhaps when I visit you at camp. Oh yeah, we should take some pictures. Yeah. Absolutely, need that's to, a good. That's a good. That's a good thing to keep on the 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 agenda. I just need to lose weekend. like thirty pounds between today and Friday, so I'm sure it can get on that, right? Yeah, or we can just like take it from the sort of you know nipples up. Yeah, or and like and then like yeah. facetune the hell out of it. Like when you're on any of the Real Housewives of fill in the blanks, like their Instagrams, I'm like. That looks like somebody painted that. Like it doesn't even look like it started with the real picture of a human being. It looks so fake. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I think it's a terrible. I mean, there's so many terrible things in the world, but I do think that is a terrible thing in the world to what, like like altering modify. your appearance beyond like like uh, that does not even remotely look like the same human being that that person looks well, like. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. You know. Yeah. Well. That sort of airbrushing, I, I just despise. But um, anyway, what we're going to talk about today is a musical that I love and a musical that Scott hates. But we do have a few more fun rewinds Rewind! uh, that I saved Woo-hoo. from. I, God, I can't even remember when. <laughs> some of these are going back. Like I was like, like I don't, <laughs> some of these are going back like so far. It's been a minute. Um but specifically, we remember we were talking about the other vampire musicals. Yeah. Oh, no, I remember because I, I looked this up afterwards. 
we talked about the Michael Crawford mm-hmm. vampire musical, but I don't think we talked about the Elton John and Bernie Toppin we uh, did vampire not. musical. We did not. So, yeah, I, I wrote, we forgot about the cataclysmic Lestat, <laughs> written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin, based on Anne Rice's novel of the same I name. I was shocked that Bernie Taupin, when I looked this up, did the fucking lyrics. I yeah I, shocked. I I was I was a little shocked too but um you know this was a this was around the same time that um well no actually when did interview with the vampire come out that came out like the 90s, oh my god it? way before that <laughs> <laughs> just like just like but, a decade before it but no <laughs> I don't know but you know Anne Rice was so huge yeah. for such a long time and I think I'm sure they had been working on this for years yeah. but um I this I, I and we were here when this opened this was on Broadway. For thirty-three previews and thirty-nine yeah. performances, I know. I remember two thousand and six. Yeah, I remembered it coming out because there was like this a bunch of, of vampire musicals, and there was another one too, right? But we talked about that Michael Crawford. Yeah, one. yeah but then that there was, was like a third one. Oh, really? Is that not in your notes? Was I n- swear. No. Yeah, I thought there was like a, a literally like a Dracula. Okay, well, I didn't, so we're gonna have to. <laughs> We'll have to do that next Just time. <laughs> keep on rewinding. So this is really funny, though. There is a Broadway cast recording. They hmm. made a Broadway cast recording, but Elton made clear, and this is quote, there are no plans to release the recording at the present. Wow. So they must have just decided that it was a massive failure and they're not ever going to do anything with it huh. so i thought that was fascinating yeah that is fascinating. Um, they were just okay. like closing up shop nope didn't didn't hit then there's a few things about south park i want to give a uh, a shout out to uh our friend nippert who was with me when i saw south park in west virginia he says he has to be and i quote the only cabinet shop in the country listening to two gay guys talk about what musicals they love and hate on their podcast <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was 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 a, was charming. Oh my god, totally. very charming! It's so sweet that he's been listening. Um, uh, yes, South Park is still running, and it's in its twenty fourth season. Wow. Anne Murray did not appear in the Academy Award performance of Blaine Canada. Okay. It was performed by Robin Williams, which we talked. We you, yeah. you mentioned yeah. that. I'm pretty sure that bitch Anne Murray. Um, too. And there was. And there was a bunch of, uh, because they wouldn't let him say a bunch of the lyrics. Yeah. So he would like put a piece of black tape over his mouth or turn away from the camera when an objectionable lyric came up, which oh, I did not so remember made, that. They made like a little bit out of it. They made a bit out of it. And uh, Trey Parker and is it Matt? It's Trey Parker and Matt Stone, right? Yes, or, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trey Parker and Matt Stone were... <laughs> were tripping on LSD what? when they went to the Academy Awards. And remember, they wore dresses. I don't remember that, actually. I remember that. They wore dresses to the Academy Awards. And they um, they lost, Blame Canada lost to Phil Collins's Tarzan song. I think it's I'll Be In Your Heart, I believe, is the name terrible. of the song. And they they said afterward that they knew they weren't going to win, but they didn't think they were ever going to lose to Phil Collins. <laughs> and in in a couple of subsequent episodes, they bashed Phil Collins in South Park repeatedly. Oh my god, I love that. Also, like what? So, that takes some serious balls to trip on LSD. Can you get <laughs> me? Like, oh my! First of all, the prospect of, of 
tripping on LSD alone is like a non-starter yeah. for me. But yeah, like exactly. beyond that, exactly. like why would you pick like the most public mo- <laughs> where there's like the most possible scrutiny, like cameras in your face? Like that just seems like a recipe to like freak out. I I mean I guess they must have they, like they mad must, skills when it comes say, to they must you have know, like experience. That's like yeah, a professional. Yeah, yeah. That's like a professional level of like hallucinogenic intake. Um, the Les Mis <laughs> song, the Les Mis, uh, uh, what is it? Montage the medley, medley, not yeah. montage or or uh, uh, what's it? What's the what's it called? What, uh, what all the mean? different people are singing and all the different things are happening. It's like a quart- quint- quintet. quintet, quintet. I mean, if it's... the Les Mis like quintet yeah. was um, indeed called La Resistance, La and Resistance. finally. I could not find anything about bringing the film to the stage. There is okay. there there was something about having a second film and they've said that they always believed that the second film would end the series Ooh. and it would be an actual follow-up yeah. to the original film. Man, that's a shame because I just think that would be so funny to see live. Oh, it would it would be amazing. Yeah. It would be amazing. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um okay, I have one more which is about Rent. Uh, yes, the Fox production was called simply Rent Live. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize we needed to circle. Uh, excuse me. We rewind on that. We 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 totally like talked Flubbed about that. And oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And also, yes, Life Cafe was indeed the place they filmed La Vie Boheme. It was owned by David Life, who started, and I'm going to fuck this up, Jiva Mukti Yoga. Huh. That is from our friend, Mr. Cook, who sent me a text oh. about that after listening to our episode. So thank you, Derek. Thank you, Derek. Um, and oh, wait, finally, so the guy's last name is Life? The guy's last name was Life, oh, apparently. that's yeah. cool. Which I, which I did not. Yeah, I had no idea. That's a fun and, tidbit. And finally, Molly Ringwald did indeed play the role of Susan in the original off-Broadway production, though later it was originated by someone named Amy Spanger. Oh, okay. So she did not debut the role, but she did play the role. All right. Those are my rewinds. Do you have any? No, I'm like totally no. unprepared. Other than I did remember the the Lestat thing and that we wanted to mention that. Because, wow, I like, yeah, I had totally forgotten that was a thing. Yeah. Well, you had, ta- yeah. you had written those little notes in our doc. So yeah. fortunately, I looked them up today. Um it was in place of writing down the actual plot of either of the shows that I'm speaking about. <laughs> Why bother? It's just, you know, yeah. shoot from the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's 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 jump in yeah. to the musical that I love. How how, how um, do you think I'm going to react? Uh, I, you're going I think you're going to have a lot to say and I think you're going to agree. Oh, okay. I think okay. I'm okay. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um I know I know you saw this. Um I'm yeah, I'm like 98% sure you saw this and that you enjoyed it. Hit me. So, I had seen this musical once before. A lovely production at the Lucille Lortel, presented by a friend's company who miraculously mounted a full-length musical once a year for one night to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So, it happened on a Monday night Hmm. because it had, like, this insane, insane cast uh, of many people who were currently on Broadway mm-hmm. and they would, they would like give, you know, their time and talents to this, this project because it was a, a fundraiser. It was a simple and elegant production and I remember enjoying it, but 
not loving it. Like it, it, it didn't. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, there's a lot of talk of gods, which is just not my cup of tea. I would say I appreciated it, oh. but it didn't necessarily stick with me. So when I heard it was coming to Broadway, I wasn't necessarily scrambling to get tickets until the buzz began. And there was one performer I was definitely really, really excited to see. And the venue is probably one of my very favorite venues oh my God, of all time. Totally. Um, incidentally, also where I saw my very first Broadway show, which I think I might, might have mentioned, was this this um, <laughs> horrible, horrible, dramatic piece called The Shadow Box, which is about uh, a place where like people with terminal illnesses go to like spend their final days that, and when they're choosing oh, not dear. to die in a hospital. Uh, the venue is Circle in the Square. Yeah, I love, so we got I tickets for a Saturday thing. night and we sat down for a completely unique theatrical experience replete with live chickens, a donkey and a stage of sand. The musical is, I'm sure you know by now, once, Once on, on this island. island. Yeah. Um, the book and lyrics were written by the story. That's the thing I didn't write down at all. The story is a, a class, uh, a story of class and wealth. Um, it, it involves a, a, a young girl who's a servant girl, a peasant girl who's adopted by like kind of shows up and is adopted by these people and taken care of. But then she decides she wants to go out and see the world. And she is sort of discovered by the wealthy, by the son of this wealthy um, landowner person, right? Like, <laughs> like, um, like you know big big man and it's like a like a bit of falls a for her aristocrat thing and it's like two sides of the island it's kind of like haiti two sides kind of like haiti yes. and dominican republic where there's like a more established like wealthy side and then like the sort of more rural like uh more poverty stricken side yes Yes. Oh, I did write this down. Okay, this is actually, I'm sure this is from Wikipedia, but the book and lyrics were written by Lynn Ahrens with music by Stephen Flaherty. uh, Flaherty? Flaherty. That was like a Southern accent. Yeah, like like from Ragtime. Yeah, but how do you pronounce his name? Flaherty. Flaherty? Okay. It's based on the 1985 novel My Love, My Love, or The Peasant Girl by Rosa Guy. I did not know that. Which is... Which is set in the French Antilles Archipelago. Archipelago. I know how to pronounce that word. Archipelago? I don't know. Yeah, that's it. it. Archipelago or archipelago? It's like French Antilles, right? Yeah, French Antilles. French Antilles. I'm going to help you through this. (laughs) In the Caribbean Sea. You can sound out the words. And concerns a peasant girl on a tropical island who uses the power of love to bring people together of different social classes. Okay, so that kind of sums up. And she turns into a tree at the end. And she turns (laughs) into a tree. That's all you need to know. It was originally staged at Playwrights Horizons in May of 1990 and opened on Broadway in October of 1990. Oh my God, it was theater that long ago? Yeah, I didn't. Which is really interesting too, because that the the book was published in '85, wow. and then they must have just like jumped on it, you know, jumped that thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I don't think I discovered this musical till like later in the '90s. But keep going. Yeah, I want to know more. Um, it it ran for 469 performances and 19 previews. Hmm. So it had a de- you know decent run. It's probably a little over a year, right? Yeah, I would think, or or, or around that time. Sure. The original cast featured Lachance. Lach- <laughs> <laughs> La chance. 
I'm going to die. The chant. God. Oh, you know, I've fully lost it. <laughs> fully lost it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anybody. Remember that one time when you could oh, pronounce anything? Yeah, no, there was. It was also when we were recording this on an evening, and I literally could not pronounce every other word. Lashawn. Lashawn. Who has a Tony Lashans. Award winner for the, I understand for the that. original production of The Color Purple. But keep, keep, keep on keeping on. Um, Sorry. This. <laughs> this I'm crying right now. Oh. This was her breakout performance, even though she did appear on Brock. We should cut all of that. We should really No, that, that is sticking around. <laughs> that is staying. That is staying. Um <clears throat> sorry. Okay. The original cast featured LaShawns, which was her breakout performance, even though she did appear on Broadway twice before that in Uptown It's Hot and Dream Girls. <laughs> But in both of those, uh, she she was in a, a supporting or chorus ensemble, ensemble okay. role. And, of course, she went on to play Celie in the original production of The Color Purple, for which she won a Tony. Most recently, which she was she, in... I'm sorry, I still have to be pissed that she beat Patti Lapone and, and Sweeney Todd that year. Just let me, oh, let me say that God. again. Say it again. Um, most recently, she was in the Donna Summer musical, which I did not see, as well as mm. Secret Life of Bees, which was slated to come to Broadway. And, you know, David, I know you, I know you, you almost saw that show. I almost saw that show. No, I saw, like it was a hurricane I saw or 10 something? minutes of the show. I had like, like with John Ole, we had like fourth row center seats. It like, I think it was like Atlantic Theater Company, right? It's in like a church yeah, down yeah, in Chelsea. Yeah. And it like, it started and it's like Duncan Sheik music. And we were all like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. We both were like, oh my God, like nudging each other. Like, oh my God, this is going to be so good. And then like 10 minutes into the show, like you could like hear thunder. And and um, at first I thought it was like, you know, sound effects in the show. Like literally, I thought it was sound effects in the show. And then um, all of a sudden it was like, oh no, that's like a full on crazy thunderstorm. And then um, then all of a sudden we see like leaking water from the roof and water starts coming <sighs> down. And then, and it's like not so bad, like at first. And then like, and they're like still, the actors are still going. And then like all of a sudden, like one of the actors is like stops the scene is like uh, you know i'm just gonna call it this is not safe like we need to stop the show so like they all so uh. all of the actors left the stage and then like this you know stage manager comes up and they're like trying to figure it out um and like they start like the the orchestra like they all the musicians were on like on stage so they start moving everything because like everything's like plugged in and everything and there's water leaking and then like there was like probably a period of like five to 10 minutes where it like seemed maybe they would figure something out and would go on. And then I'm not exaggerating all of a sudden it was just like, like the floodgates open, like water just starts pouring, oh my God. like pouring down like from the roof. And I like turned to John. I'm like, so I think this is going to keep going, right? The show's going to keep going. The show's going to go on. Uh, so basically like everyone in the audience was like, well, peas and carrots peas and carrots and like everybody got up and left and we got a refund but what? it was like the last weekend and we were like i mean you know it's live theater like what are you gonna do but like we were definitely bummed because i was like oh my god I, like it seemed like it was gonna it was like a tough ticket and like yeah like i was like this will probably transfer but yeah 
I was like, oh, this is, is going to be really cool to see. But anyway, totally. Yeah, Dave, you know, you know, David yeah. saw it like three yeah, times and yeah. just like loved, loved, it. It, loved it, loved it, yeah. loved it, loved it, loved it. So, oh, well, I mean, maybe it's a good thing that it didn't actually open. Maybe it will yeah, you know, eventually. That's true. Make it. it might be better that they just didn't get too far into it. Um. Yes. So anyway, she was. But wait, did you see her then? <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think she had even come out on stage yet. Oh, <laughs> it, was literally oh. like, it was like the first <clears throat> 10 minutes. I don't think so. Yeah. But I've seen her okay, before. Okay. I saw her in um, she the first time I saw Ragtime. I believe she was, she okay. was in the okay. touring production because I saw it in Chicago. Um, yeah. And I feel like I've seen her one other time. But La Chansey. La Chansey was <laughs> wonderful. And I know you said La Chan, but I think it would be worse if it was like La Chansey. La Chansey? That would be like, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, that's all right. We needed, we needed some, some, you know, levity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We needed some levity. Um, the recent revival that we saw was directed by Michael Arden, the hatefully talented man married to one of my Broadway boyfriends, Andy Mientis. It was choreographed by Camille A. Brown. It began... uh, I want to just take a quick note about Camille A. Brown. She has received numerous awards, including an Obie, Guggenheim, Bessie, Jacob's Pillow Dance, Doris Duke Artist, a Tony nomination, three Drama Desk nominations, three Lortel nominations. She's a TED Fellow and the recipient of a Ford Foundation Art of Change Fellowship. God, I really can't speak tonight. Fellowship. She's been commissioned by Alvin Ailey, Ballet Memphis, and the Metropolitan Opera, to name a few. Well, um, she has quite a resume. And that's, like I said, only a portion of it. So it began previews on November 9th, 2017, and opened on December 3rd. It closed on January 6th, 2019, after 458 performances. Uh, the revival cast featured Haley Kilgore. Isaac Cole Powell, another of my Broadway boyfriends, the super Alex Newell, and Leah Salonga, who was the original Kim in Miss Saigon, which she landed at the age of 18. The revival tour started in October of 2019 in Paducah, Kentucky. Isn't Robert Merrill from Paducah, Kentucky? No, he's from... uh, um... Oh my God. He has some association. He's from Oklahoma. Yeah, but he has some association. Really? Oh, no, Ponca maybe City, it's Oklahoma the Ponca. Maybe. maybe it's the Ponca that made me think of Paducah. I don't know. Oh, I feel I like there's tell some. You, he definitely is not from Kentucky. He's from Ponca, Ponca City, Oklahoma. I feel like there's some connection there that I need to mm. check in about. Okay, uh, it was unfortunately cut short by the pandemic while at the Smith Center in Vegas. So I think it uh, probably ended in March, as did everything else. It ran in the UK in Europe. Uh, sorry, going back to the original production now, it ran in the UK, Europe in 1994 and in the West End in 1995. There was also a 2009 UK revival. The original production was nominated for eight Tony Awards, but did not win any. Bupkis. Sizable huh? snub. Wow. Well, well. Eight award nominations. It did, however, win the Olivier Award for Best New Musical on the West End. The 2017 production did win the Tony for Best Revival. It should have won several more, totally. including for Alex Newell, oh who wasn't even nominated. Snubbed. So, and he is, I, can't, I can't believe he's that. He's salty about it, too. Like, okay, like, okay. Yes. Like, he's, he, he's, well, understandably. He's got the tea. 
and Isaac Cole Powell, who should have won a Tony just for the way he slept so perfectly on that bed, not to mention all of his other gifts, uh, including, of course, his voice. Known songs. We dance, waiting for life, forever yours, T-Moon, Mama Will Provide, Mama Some will Say. Provide. Um, oh, there's so many There's so many lovely like little lyric moments in Mama Will Provide. I'll, I'll provide you storyteller moss to soften the road, rocks to sit on, trees to sleep underneath, sand, fun for your toes, plantain to fill up your belly, breeze to fan your face, grass for making your bed, and whatever you need, Mama Will Provide. Um some say i just found this like i said i'm in a little bit of a dark mood today so when i was going through this i was like some say we're better off without knowing what life is all about <laughs> that, was, that was the lyric that, that stuck out okay it's like no one knows how the real truth goes it all depends what you hear from friends it's no surprise if it's all just lies Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I think it's like, it, like I said, I, uh, being in the round and seeing that oh show, like the, the, the spirit of it is so rich. Totally. It's, there's so many feels. I, you know, it's definitely a show about feeling and, and, and it's such a, I mean, obviously Michael Arden did such a brilliant job and, and the, um, there is something very visceral, visceral, God. visceral, visceral visceral about the production that you just you know and also just the proximity to what's happening on stage yeah like you said i love seeing stuff there and the staging and the direction was brilliant and like just where how it worked so well to have like the gods sort of positioned like around the perimeter and everything uh i love yes it 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 told the story so Mm -hmm. so so clearly and it, it 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 yeah, it just like I it really affected me. I would have loved to have seen it again. Um, me too. But you know, it's one of those things that uh, that. But like, when you're seeing shows, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, but when people were coming into town around then, like that was always my number one recommendation. Yeah, I was like, oh my yeah. god, go see Once on the Island. You will love it. Like you'll love it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I feel like I missed a lot because I was like, once Isaac Cole Powell came on stage, then I don't think I paid attention to a lot of other things. You know what? Like he didn't and really like. I didn't really like connect with him that much in that production. Like I thought he was good, but like I didn't even really know him. And then, uh, however, I fully changed my tune when I saw him in West Side Story, and I was like, oh, got it. He's fabulous. Yeah. You just had to mention that, didn't you? Because I didn't see him in West Side Story. He was oh, injured. Oh shit! I forgot about that. Speaking of like Spider Man, turn off the dark. Like let's let's cover the stage and like water and have everybody dancing. Water. What could go wrong? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, God, I hope uh, I hope that show comes back. I, yeah. John did not feel the same way as I did, but really? I huh. really, really loved it. And I would love to see it again with him. But I loved it. And alas, like, it's, it's um, insane yeah, there, that Alex Newell was not nominated for that. Like he stopped, is, like stopped the show, like the trite stopped phrase the stopped the show, but he yeah. stopped the show. Like it was insane. Oh, 
Um, I, this summer, the uh, uh, yeah. past summer, I was on a gay cruise, uh, and I know I mentioned that Kristen Chenoweth performed on it, but Alex was also on it and sang that song a couple of times, and of course, everybody was just like freaking out. It was so good. Oh, uh, that's fun. Wait, did he have his own show or? Uh, yeah, or like just he like did, guested like, or okay. Uh, well, he did like the sort of like opening, come see our stuff show that was like like uh, like outdoors. Um, right, and then right, he right, had okay. like a full on show, like in sort of like the main theater and like the vocal chops are insane. Like yeah. he is so insanely talented. Um, it was I remember fantastic. when he came on Glee and that was that, that, that the, the show needed, um, a jolt mm-hmm. of electricity, which, which he certainly provided. But, yeah. um, yeah, I feel like the other thing about this this show that I didn't really maybe catch the first time I saw it as much was just the whole thing about class, you know, speaking of like uh, the rich with everything, the, re- the rest with next to nothing, and it's just the way things are and have always been. Daniel says to Timun, Timun, Andrea and I have been promised to each other since we were children. This is how things are done, Timun. It's expected. I can't change who I am or where I'm from. Timun, Daniel and I... Andrea and I have been promised to each other since we were children. This is how things are done, Timun. It's expected. Daniel, please. There will always be a place for you here. So it it was, again, particularly speaking to me today when I was just feeling very uh, sad about the world and a little a little bit hopeless. This was another thing that was interesting on the that was on the Wikipedia page. The original cast was chosen along racial lines with darker skinned actors portraying the peasants and lighter skinned actors portraying the upper class landowners. In the script, the writers provide small line changes that can be used to remove references to skin color to accommodate multi-ethnic productions Hmm. while preserving the storyline about differences between the upper and lower classes. I was trying to think if I if that was something that was used uh, across the board with this most recent production and i couldn't really remember i mean isaac cole powell is a fairly light-skinned individual but i couldn't really think i think it was more diverse as a whole right um i frankly don't remember yeah i don't remember remember yeah i don't sorry so um but again just an interesting note in in the landscape of all the things we've been talking about so uh I would love to see this show again. I would certainly love to see this production again. That will probably not happen, but um, ah, it was a it was a wonderful night of theater, and I am happy to know it. So um, that's all I got. I what do you want to say? Not shockingly love this. Not shockingly love this musical, and you said everything about this production that I probably would have said. It was so brilliant. My first. Um, like my, my first, I definitely learned about the show later because you said I think it first opened in 1990. It was definitely like later. It was probably like 96 or 97 that I sort of quote unquote discovered it, and I just remember. Uh, I remember my friend Kristen and I. We would just drive around 
we spent a lot of time like driving down to like the one and only gay coffee house in uh, the sort of like micro gay neighborhood of Indianapolis. And we would always like that whole summer, we would like blast once on this island. (laughs) And so, yeah, I just like every time I hear waiting for life to begin, like I just think about that time in my life and like, you know, I've like associated, you know, with that character, you know, I was like, at that age and like wanting to move to New York. And it was like, well, you know, I'm waiting for life to begin. And actually I was like, just thinking about this song the other day, just like in our current state of like, like life on pause, you know, it's just like, I was like something about that, like waiting for life to begin. Like, like like that phrase was just sort of like, uh, I mean, in this case, like at that time in my life, it was like waiting for life to begin. Like now it's like waiting for my life to reboot, restart. But, um, but yeah, it's funny that you bring up the show. Yeah. The universality of that, like Mm -hmm. I wrote down that lyric. Oh gods, oh gods, hear my prayer. I'm here in the field with my feet on the ground and my fate in the air waiting for life to begin. Wake up. And how, yeah, definitely as a, oh as God, a teenager, so as a young man, as, you know, anyone who's like, yeah, looking for that, that next, that sort of launching point mm-hmm. of like, what's next. And, so and certainly. Uni- so universal. So universal. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, that's oh, what that's I wanted to say about that. 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 Mm hmm. Cool. Um, and, and I loved, uh, I guess, what was her name? Haley Kil- Kilgore, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, for me, for me, it was hard because I definitely like associated La Chansey with the role. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, it was hard for me to listen to that song because I was like, I've listened to that recording like so many times. Right, right. Uh, all right, should we? Let's should we move on into the hate shift gears and talk about. Like, I'm so fascinated now that you were so close to to picking Aida. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got tripped up on how to how to tell that story, like worst worst hookup of my life. <laughs> oh my goodness! I would ask you what your worst hookup was in your life, but I'm sure that also is not ready for for no. for prime time. No. <clears throat> no, no, not not public consumption. No. Yeah. So um, the musical that I dislike, um, I'm gonna I'm cheating again. First of all, that's uh, that's what I just keep doing. I'm cheating again, and maybe maybe not so much cheating, but like just kind of like stretching the rules maybe a bit. Because uh, the show I'm about to talk about was technically on Broadway, and it did involve oh. singing. Uh, both well-known songs and tunes created specifically specifically for this production, if you could call this a production. Um, although I wouldn't categorize this as a musical so much. It's more like a really, really 
bad uh, one one person cabaret that had no business ever 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 being on Broadway. Oh my um, god, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> well, and this um, this lackluster cabaret uh, is. Drum roll, please. The one and only Suzanne Summers, the blonde and the <laughs> Thunderbird. <laughs> oh my God! So well, okay. I know yeah. I'm like, You're cheating a little I'm bit, cheating. but it was at least it was on Broadway. I actually had trouble remembering. I kind of vaguely remember that there was music involved, and then I like did a little more research, and I was like, oh, good, there was, there was, and there was some original music. So I'm like, I think I can make this count. Um, so the title of this travesty of a show, the blonde and the thunder, the blonde and the Thunderbird, refers to the role that first brought Summer's attention, a mysterious blonde pursued by a young Richard Dreyfus in the film American Graffiti, <clears throat> which I don't think I've ever actually seen that movie. I've never honest. seen that movie really? either. I didn't even know she was in it. No. Well, apparently, I don't know if it's like a non-speaking role. I know it's like some tiny role, like maybe not right, maybe right. even non-speaking. Um, so this show began its run at the Bro- uh, Brooks Atkinson Theater on July 8th, 2005, um, officially opened on July 17th, 2005, and ended on July 23rd, 2005. <laughs> 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 it had been a, it, it's kind of like amazing that I saw this show, like given that it was basically open for like two weeks. Um no, like officially, like less than a week. Okay. Anyway, it had been originally scheduled as a limited engagement to close on September 3rd of that year. Um, so yes, I'm sorry to say that this is not some fever dream that I had, but an actual show that was on Broadway stages that one could buy tickets for. I quite fortunately did not purchase a ticket. Um, <clears throat> a friend offered a free ticket and I was basically like, Oh hell yes, because I knew it was gonna, it's gonna be like. Who a, did you go with? Um, you remember that guy Jeff Hughes that I worked with at Musical oh, Theater yeah. Works? Like he was yeah, a yeah, lyricist yeah. and everything. Yeah, he. Yeah. I think he had the end for the tickets, uh, and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be a total dumpster fire. Yeah, we're gonna like drink beforehand, and we're gonna go, and we're gonna have a fucking blast at Suzanne Summers' one woman show. So <laughs> we go in, and like he had like a good in on the tickets because we were fourth row center for the oh, show. Oh my god, which was terrifying because as i mentioned we had like a couple drinks beforehand and i was like a hundred percent there for camp value and i like knew i was going to be laughing and everything so like we so jeff and i like settled into our seats and it's like i don't know it was probably like 10 minutes before curtain and we're like waiting and waiting and waiting just like surveying the house and then it but it was like super sparsely attended and then it became pretty clear that they were just like papering the hell out of the house just trying to get like essentially anybody off the street to like come in and like fill butts and seats um also when i was surveying the house beforehand i had been like making jokes about how like you know d-list the whole thing was and then i i turned around behind me and noticed that right in the row behind us and four seats away was none other than david hasselhoff so i turned to jeff i was like oh my god no i thought this was d-list before it is like officially officially d-list because like david hasselhoff is like four seats over from us so um i'm just glad i can tell the story in some semi-public forum um so uh, yeah, finally the curtain opened and I can like barely describe what unfolded. It was like a part 
infomercial part like no holds barred confessional about abuse in her personal life and then uh, like another part las vegas showgirl like burlesque act um i actually like i cannot believe this exists but i managed to find a clip on youtube this weekend which i am going to promptly share with you which it totally sums up the experience of the show and you're gonna die she sings the song take back your mink from guys and dolls with the like a feathered purple boa where she's she's alternating hysterically recounting childhood abuses back and forth with with the music suddenly coming back and the feather boa getting relifted for like more verses and choruses of the song it's like utterly bizarre and it plays like it could have been a deleted scene from waiting for guffman like it's insane now i think of what you want in exchange it all seems a horrible dream i i remember it was 3 a.m and i was lying on the ground outside and there was just blood was everywhere and i couldn't stand it i just had to erase it so i started to Washing, scrubbing, washing, scrubbing, wash and scrub. What seemed like hours. And that was like the whole experience of the show. Like it was just like, so what the fuck? Um, we definitely had the church giggles to the point that like I literally thought we would be thrown out given our proximity to the stage because I was laughing so hard. Um, yeah, I'm like I don't. Well, they probably couldn't afford to throw two <laughs> no, people they out. We couldn't. Um, I mean, I, I the whole time I was just thinking to myself, like, what were any of these people, especially Suzanne, like thinking? Like, there was no universe where this show was not going to get completely panned and close quickly, which is like exactly what happened. Um, <clears throat> I just do you so oh, no, go ahead, did go ahead, you yeah. did you write down anything about like? Who wrote it? Who directed it? Who no, produced it? Like, no. I mean, there, she definitely oh. had help, and there were definitely people that like wrote the quote unquote like book for her. And I vaguely remember there was original music, but yeah, mostly it was like the take back your mink thing, where she like repurposed like well known songs in like a totally inappropriate way. I remember at one point she was like talking about like being locked in the closet and crying, and again it was like some big like Las Vegas number. Like it was everything about it was just like wrong, 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 wrong. I remember the closet like it was yesterday. There was this little window right up here where we could look out onto the street. And then there was this hole on the floor right here where I could watch Daddy downstairs in the kitchen. And then we would all sit lined up on the cedar chest. And we were all very quiet and very lost. I feel like I almost like feel a little bad knocking it because it's such an easy target. But uh, I want to read. People should know. People People should know about the show. People should know about this show. I know because I'm like I feel like at this point people definitely forget that it happened. Uh, I want to read a couple of the scathing reviews, mostly so you so you can get a sense of the experience of sitting through the show. Um, David Rooney of Variety says. 
self-absorption masquerading as self-exploration and self-irony, this so-called one-woman musical joyride chronicles Summer's evolution from zero self-esteem to a level that's surely off the chart. Suzanne then... (laughs) (laughs) Suzanne then promises and delivers the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good is the short running time and pre-10pm exit. The bad is everything between first entrance and final bows, except for an occasional climb into mediocrity. <clears throat> wow. Next one. I'm going to give you three. Charles Isherwood, uh, Isherwood of the New York Times says, something is desperately needed in any case to dress up the blonde and the Thunderbird, a drab and embarrassing display of emotional exhibitionism masquerading as entertainment. <laughs> Attired in a cruelly clingy black knights and tunic ensemble, Miss Summers reenacts or describes triumphs and traumas from her personal and professional life for a grinding 95 minutes on a stage adorned only by a pair of video screens, an armchair, a prop phone, and a coat rack. It is curious and telling that Miss Summers's Summers's magnified two-dimensional presence on the video screens continually draws the focus away from the woman herself. Devoted fans may savor this no-frills, quasi-intimate audience with a favorite celebrity and professional dispenser of uplifting advice, but others may find their attention wandering to the coat rack and resting there. Um... Last one. <laughs> I'd save this one. This is my favorite. Uh, Eric Grode in his Broadway.com review. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, one woman musicals require more than sparkle and resiliency. They also require more than a little talent, which makes the shoddily constructed The Blonde and the Thunderbird a grim, at times excruciating evening. Only rarely, as during a childlike rendition of If Only I Had a Brain, punctuated with domestic abuse sound effects, does The Blonde and the Thunderbird attain the sort of ill-conceived bathos that can lend such pieces exalted status among camp aficionados. So that if sums I only up had a brain juxtaposed with domestic abuse sound effects, which when I read this, I had blocked that particular scene out. Like, but that sums this up in a nutshell. Um, of the of the terrible reviews uh, Suzanne Summers received, she told the New York Post. Quote, I put my I put my show out there with the cleanest of hearts and the best of intentions and getting reviews like that hurt. Uh, Barry Manilow said Broadway would break my heart and it has. Wow. So, you know, I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly what to say about this other than like this sort of thing I feel like can work like Bruce Springsteen's recent acclaimed show. Like I eventually saw that on Netflix and I, you know, I, I get it. I thought it was great. Um, I feel like it's not impossible, but it definitely requires the right artist and the right tone and someone who's able to like carry 90 minutes or alone on a stage. Um, and based on that quote of hers, 
it sounds like at least one person in her life, meaning Barry Manilow, tried to like warn her off. Um, but you know, you know, she probably had a slew of people that were like, "Go for it, girl." Um, you know, and she had achieved a previous like slew of success, like hawking products, and had such a following. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that she assumed there'd be an audience for this in the same way that you know, when Oprah says like jump, everybody's like how high. But um, I so I was just kind of thinking like, who who do you think could sustain? Like a one well, one person show. Wait before before yeah. I, before I answer that question, I do want to say like I I as a child and as a young um uh, you know a t- young teenager, I I had a lot of love for um, mm-hmm. Suzanne Summers because I was a huge Three's Company fan. Yeah, I know that Three's Company probably in retrospect is not a a nice show in many ways. Sure, 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 sure. But in that in that time, like I loved that show. I loved her. I loved Joyce DeWitt. Of course, I loved John Ritter. Um, I loved the Ropers. I loved Mr. Furley when he came on. Like I liked all the replacements of Suzanne Summers once she left. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then I guess yeah. Then she kind of moved into maybe she made some. TV movies, yeah, maybe something, before but she then fully she kind of moved into, into like in like selling products, right? Like QVC, sort of, yes, like Thighmaster. I feel like very <gasps> right. like very like oh my god homeopathic i fucking forgot about the like, thigh like master recall, the thigh master was the big thing yeah, though I think. yeah i think maybe i have to rewind on this but i think she also had cancer but then like didn't take like you know any like drugs drugs uh, for it like i know she like, didn't go through the yeah, right yeah, right yeah 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 like that's okay sort of okay you know um anyway so but yeah like had like a super big following and, and probably still does for like that that part of her life and like made like buckets of money and everything so yeah so i didn't love that about but, this because i was like okay like you have a shit ton of money like yeah you can uh, you can make this like pipe dream come true of like i'm gonna right it was right. like the hubris involved with this was like come on so, so this is um, related and related to your question. I saw a show which was also pretty short-lived, um, a one-woman show. It was not a musical. It was just a, a, a one-woman show um, uh, by Yardley Smith. Oh, my God. Like who, Lisa Simpson? Lisa Simpson. That's hilarious. Yeah. She did a show at um, the Union Square. Uh, remember the Union Square Theater, which I don't think is there anymore. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that was where we saw that, and it was interesting. Like she had, she had an interesting story to tell. It was probably a little bit long. Okay. Um, she had an eating disorder. <laughs> she talked about being a woman in Hollywood, and specifically like being a voiceover artist and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but it also was extremely short lived and probably not something that I would have told anyone they needed to run out and see. But I think I got a free ticket, you know. And that was at least like a that was a really intro like mo- you know I didn't know anything about her really except that she played Lisa Simpson. Um, whereas with yeah. Suzanne Summers, you kind of you kind of think you know so much because she's been in the public eye for so long. But do you? I mean, I guess do you mean like a like a television personality or a performer or just kind of any like what it could be anyone? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, the first person that came to mind is Pink. But, you know, Pink is a huge superstar, so sure. why would she want to fucking do a one-woman show on Broadway? Sure, sure, um, sure. But I can imagine it would be really interesting if it was, like, yeah, really it intimate. Would. It probably would be. I mean, I feel like she can probably do 
anything and be pretty successful yeah. at it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, uh, she's so commanding. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that's so interesting about that review is saying that Suzanne Summers could not command that stage. Oh, no, and no. That totally inappropriate <laughs> material and venue. Yeah, because like Yardley Smith did. She was she was solid. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't an enormous venue, but it was still it was pretty. It was the Union Square Theater was pretty big. Um, do you have someone in mind? I don't. No, no, I, I no, I don't. I, I I was just curious. I'm like, who who would you want to do? Who would you want to see do a one 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 person show on Broadway? And like, well, which ones have I worked? Just, yeah, I mean, I just read you know, Sally Field's memoir. So I certainly think that that would be fascinating. Yeah. I don't think that Sally Field really sings, but I think she would be an incredible storyteller. She probably sing a lot Um, better than Suzanne Summers. I mean, her book was amazing and, and very like, like you still have to read that when John's done with it. Yeah, for sure. No, I like, it's a really good book. I want to read that. Um, I don't know. Well, we can God. we can we can rewind on that. Yeah, but give it some thought think about that. Give it some thought. Um, if you're listening and you uh, want to text us or send us a message of yeah. who you think should have a one woman show on Broadway, please do, and uh, we'll share it. And the very uh, next time, I will say that you know, like I said, this sort of thing can work. It's just difficult. Um, there's also yeah. the practice of stunt casting in an established show. Uh, which is often a mess, but can also sometimes work. Um, Chicago's been, of course, doing it for years. I have to confess that this year I actually saw Chicago for the first time in 20 years, um, and specifically because Erica Jane was going in as Roxy, um, and I just like needed Wait, to see Wait, who is that? Oh, I was afraid you were going to say that. She is sort of like a gay disco diva, but like she's on also on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So she oh, okay, checks a okay. couple boxes for me. Um, but, you know, like stunt casting like that, I feel like it's less artistically risky because it's like an established show. Um, whereas this is obviously a very, very, very different animal. Right, right. Yeah. Do you have, um, I was going to also ask, do you have any other bragging rights of shows like this where, you know, like, oh, I saw Carrie the Musical, which obviously I didn't. I'm not that old, but but because but I, I always cite this one because I was like impressed given that it was like open for a week that I managed to see it. I don't think so. I mean, the Yardley Smith is the only other thing that sort of comes to mind that is similar yeah. Um, I did see the the little revival of Carrie the musical that Marin Mazzi was in. Yeah, I didn't see um, that. I wish I had just for Marin, but yeah, I mean, you know, she was an, an insanely amazing. I'm so glad I get. I'm so glad I saw that because I don't think that I saw her on stage live any other time. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, wow. I, of course, we used to watch the Broadway's leading ladies all the time with her singing um, the trio. Love changes everything trio. with Judy Kuhn and Audra McDonald. Audra McDonald. Yep. All roads point to Audra. I I feel I feel like maybe uh, a really good one person show would be Mandy Patinkin. Oh huh? my god. Huh? You could not like that would be like a, the the scene in a clockwork orange with the when the, like their eyes are like, you know, like like it should, open. It should, <laughs> he should actually do the Suzanne Summer show. It should just be him, oh a telephone, God, totally. a coat rack, 
and he does like an interpretation of Suzanne Summers. Well, for sure, a um, drag queen should do that. Like there should be like Jackie, oh, like Jackie B. That's or a, somebody who should totally like like find some to like, like do the show like like word for like, word. To... <laughs> I mean that. Would yeah, that would be amazing. Because be I'm telling you, um, if I only had a brain with domestic violence, like sound effect, like that is a drag show waiting to happen. <laughs> oh we got to call somebody. God. I mean, I do follow, you know, Jackie B pretty yeah. obsessively and go to many of her shows. So, you know, you should all Instagram her. You should tell you should tell her about say, this idea. Yeah. See, I've got got a got a project for you. Um, maybe no hope should produce, you know? Yeah, maybe love me some Jackie. Love me some Jackie. Yeah. Uh, that's really all I had to say. I was like, this will be fun to talk about. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not so technically a musical, um, but what can you, what can I say? Well, as long as there was music, I guess we'll let you get away with it. All right. Well, another rousing episode of... Or wait, we already said that, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did. Oh, yeah, la- last thing I'll say, say is there were, in one of the reviews, they basically said that Suzanne Summers had camel toe. <gasps> what? In the way that they what? said it, I was like, uh, no, I can't, inc- I can't include that. But from sitting in the fourth row, I can attest she had camel toe. <laughs> so... Oh my god! I was like, "That's pretty rude to put in a review." Like, I feel like that's very inappropriate. So I was going to take the higher. So yeah, I was going to take the high road and not say anything about it. But here I am wrapping up, saying I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Um, Ah, Suzanne. Suzanne Summers has camel toe. Um, Okay, we'll have to, we'll have to watch some uh, Three's Company. Three's Company too. I have, I have it on DVD. I have not watched that show in oh, probably thirty years. I am guessing what you said about it is true that it has not aged well at all, from what I recall about the show. It probably hasn't. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Um, oh, all, right. all right. Well, it's been real. It's been real. Look forward to talking to all of you people soon. Goodbye. And goodbye. Yeah.